Florida, a very warm welcome to our service in the parish of Casluchur and Gorsainan. Today is Palm Sunday, where we remember the example of Jesus traveling into Jerusalem, the holy city, not as a mighty warrior on the back of a steed, but as a humble servant king on the back of a donkey. And as we remember that example, we too remember our calling to reflect that example, to be loving, gentle, generous people, the hands and feet of Jesus in our world today. I hope that you're blessed by the service and some of those themes will be drawn out as Glyn James, one of our curates, reflects on one of the I am sayings of Jesus. I am the good shepherd, the gentle, humble, lowly shepherd who loves his sheep. So as we begin our service today, let me pray the special prayer of the church, the collect, first in Welsh and then in English. Hothathiog a thragwyddol ddiw, an fonais dyfab yn iachawdwr iesu grist, oedd gariad tynol at hyl dynol ryw, i gymryd ein cnawd ac i ddioddef angau ar y groes. Caniataen i ddilyn eu siample i ostyngeiddro i ddau ymynedd, a bod hefyd yn gyfrannog o'i atgyfodiad. Trwy iesu grist ein harglwydd, sy'n fyw ac yn ternasu gyda thi ar y sbryd glân, yn un diw. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, grant that we may follow the example of his patience and his humility and also be partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So let's worship together.
reading from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10, verses 11 to 21. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf come in, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is a demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Well, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be with you all as we continue our series of sermons on the seven I Ams of Jesus. Now, in our Gospel reading for today, Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd, and the Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And there is no better picture for any of us as Christians, no better love picture, shall I say, of Jesus than the Good Shepherd. Now, why did Jesus use this superb metaphor or profile of the Good Shepherd to teach people about God and himself? Well, firstly, we have to consider that the shepherd is woven into the very language and imagery of the Bible. It's like a thread running through a tapestry. It starts in the Old Testament and it goes right through to the New. Let me just give you some examples. In the Old Testament, God is often pictured as the shepherd and the people of his flock. Just let's look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 77. Thou didst lead thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Psalm 80, he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Then we have Psalm 100, he will feed his flock like a shepherd, he will gather the lambs in his arms and will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. What does Isaiah say? He will be shepherd in the flock of the Lord faithfully and righteously. So then our picture then passes on to the New Testament. In Matthew and Luke, Jesus is the good shepherd who will risk his life to seek and to save the straying sheep. Now I did say that sheep and shepherding, of course, run through the Bible. The first shepherd was Abel. Then followed on, we have Abraham, Moses, David, and Amos, just to name a few of the famous shepherds of the Bible. So sheep and shepherds then were an everyday life occurrence. They were there. It was a part and parcel of their lives. It was the norm, as we would say. Now, what we have to consider is that we're talking about ancient times. The shepherd's life was hard. No flock ever grazed without a shepherd. 24 hours a day, he was there on duty. The sheep, of course, they have a natural tendency to wander off. So the shepherd had to be there 24 hours a day because there were thieves and robbers and wild animals that would kill or take the sheep. So we're getting the picture really now that the shepherd was indeed very far-sighted. He was very weather-beaten and he was constantly watching over the flock. That's what he had to do. Every one of them was on his heart. We can say that the shepherd was a man of constant vigilance, fearless courage. He, was, he had a patient love for his flock. So we're beginning to see how important the shepherd of the sheep is.
Now, we have to take out of our minds the modern shepherds because the Palestinian shepherd um, worked in different ways because he was with them 24 hours a day, not from 9 to 5 and then go home and leave them to their own devices. So he had to carry his food in the script, they call it. Then he had a sling, which he used to use as a weapon of fence and defense because there were no sheep, no sheep dogs to, to round the sheep up. That was his responsibility. And if a sheep strayed, he fired a stone in front of it and the sheep would turn round and come back. And he also would kill wild beasts who came near the flock with that sling. And just as a matter of, uh, as we are passing, some statisticians uh, said that if you fired a stone from that sling, it would strike the animal at 73 miles an hour. You could see that that was a very, very powerful weapon to protect the sheep. He also had a staff, which was a wooden club, which he used to protect the animals with from uh, robbers and thieves. And he, he also had a rod, which is very much like the modern shepherd's crook. And every, at the end of every day, they would pass under his crook so that he could examine them for any injuries. Now, what we have to realize, too, is that the Palestinian shepherd was probably one of the eldest boys in a family, and he would spend many, many years with the sheep. It was something that he did 24 hours a day. It was a vocation. The shepherd, he would always walk in front of the sheep, and, and they would follow him because they knew his voice. But if a stranger called them, they would ignore it or run away. Let me give you an example of how the shepherd's uh, voice, how the sheep would follow it. During the cold season, the shepherds would shelter their flocks by night in the caves near Bethlehem. During the night, the flocks would get all mixed up, of course, naturally. And in the morning, each shepherd would stand outside the cave separately and they would call their flock and it was only their flock would answer. And we have to also remember that these shepherds were entirely responsible for the sheep. If anything happened to them, they had to account for it. And it was the most natural thing of all to them, these young shepherds, to protect the sheep at all costs. And we find that Jesus in this passage contrasts, therefore, the faithful and the unfaithful shepherd, the true shepherd born into the task, the vocational shepherd. He was sent out to the flock as soon as he was old enough. We only have to remember David was a young man. He was the shepherd boy and he killed the lion and the bear to protect the flock. To the vocational shepherd, the flock which may have been owned by the village became his friends. That's what it amounted to. He would know them all, and it was second nature of him to protect them. But then Jesus talks about the unfaithful shepherd. He was just a hireling. He came from the city. Sometimes perhaps it was too hot for him to stay there because of something that he had done. But he was not the vocational shepherd. If the sheep were attacked, 
he would just run for his life and leave the sheep to their own devices. So what this is telling us then, that every detail of the true shepherd's life lights up a picture of what Jesus said, the good shepherd whose sheep hear his voice and whose constant infinite care is for his flock. Now there is no chapter really in the New Testament so well known and deeply loved as the 15th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel. It has been called the Gospel in the Gospel. It contained the very distilled essence of the good news which Jesus came to tell. In verses 1 to 7, Jesus tells this lovely parable of the lost sheep and the shepherd's joy when it's recovered. The shepherds, of course, were experts at tracking sheep. And the message would get out to the village that they were looking for a lost sheep. And as a result of that, they would all be looking up into the hills, waiting for the shepherd to come back with the good news or the bad news. And he would come perhaps with the lamb over his shoulders. And we often see the picture of our Lord and Saviour like that. When he returned with the, with, with the lamb over his shoulders, there would be great rejoicing. So what do we have now? We have this true picture of the vocational Palestinian shepherd. And it's so much easier now, isn't it, to understand why Jesus used this profile of the Good Shepherd to teach the people about God and himself. Now what we also have to remember is this, that the story of the Good Shepherd was written in Greek. And when Jesus uses the word Good Shepherd, the word used, or the one of the two Greek words, is kalos which means a very deep, infinite quality of winsomeness, which makes it lovely. Because in our Lord Jesus Christ, there is an infinite loveliness. There's an infinite love, an infinite beauty, and an infinite gentleness, an infinite power, and an infinite grace. Jesus is the true the vocational, the faithful, the constant, vigilant, fearless Good Shepherd born into his calling. The one and only Good Shepherd who so loved the sheep that he laid down his life for them and for us all. We are his sheep. He died for us on that cross at Calvary to rise again on the third day, overcoming death that we as flock may have eternal life. So let us just look now for one moment at why Jesus used the parable of the lost sheep to teach the Jews about God. Well, it's for this reason, because the Jews believed that Gentiles were only created by God to fuel the fires of hell. They believed that there was great joy in heaven when all sinners were cast into the fires of hell. But Jesus taught them differently. He taught them through this parable of the shepherd's joy, that God rejoices when a sinner repents. That's what he's teaching them. 
and that that sheep is brought into the fold. God rejoices, and this is what this parable teaches us about the shepherd's joy. God rejoices when a sinner repents and is brought into the fold. God is a God of love and a love to all, not just the house of Israel, but to all of us, to the world. Now Jesus goes on to say, there is one fold and one shepherd. All the New Testament pictures of the church speak of it as a diversity within a unity, and the unity derives from our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many branches, but only one vine. Many members, but one body and one head. Many sheep, but only one shepherd, the good shepherd. Without him, we are fragmented. With him, we are a living whole flock. We believe in the one God who works, the one God who redeems, and the God who guides, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is only in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, the world can become one, and to achieve that, that he gives us the right spiritual environment of love, peace, joy, and forgiveness, which leads to one word, reconciliation. It is only when people reconcile themselves to God that they will reconcile themselves to each other. Now there is a story told of the first missionary to the North American Red Indians. And he was telling them of the Great Spirit, our Father. And the Red Indian chief said, we never really thought of that Spirit in the heavens as Father. So that is very beautiful to us, he said to the missionary. The chief then thought for a moment and said, with an outburst of joy to the missionary, that makes you and I brothers. It is only the Good Shepherd who can cross the barriers of nation, colour, class and creed. I'll tell you a little story about a Christian Indian preacher who was in Burma during the Second World War and he was captured by the Japanese. And his congregation in India were puzzled as to why he had this wooden baton and every time he wanted them to stand, he raised the baton and when he wanted them to sit down, he lowered the baton. And he told them the story that when he was captured by the Japanese, they put him in a tin hut in the heat of the day. And there he stayed with his Bible on the table and the cross. Later that day, a Japanese officer came into the hut. He saw the Bible and the cross. He was unable to speak only Japanese, but he was able to convey to the Christian preacher that he too was a Christian. And he gave the Indian preacher his officer's button and he released him from that punishment hut. So there we see that Jesus brings that 
reconciliation, that he joins together even complete enemies. So it is when Jesus, our shepherd, with him there comes a new vitality, a superabundance of life. Into our hearts comes love, peace, joy, forgiveness, gentleness, patience, humility and grace. Would we really want to stray from a shepherd like this? We wouldn't, would we? So now let me finish with this very lovely psalm written by a former shepherd boy about the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore can I lack nothing. He shall make me to lie down in green pastures and lead me forth beside the waters of comfort. He shall refresh my soul and bring me forth in the right way for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Thou shalt prepare a table before me in the presence of them that trouble me. Thou hast anointed my head with oil, and my cup shall be full. Yea, thy loving kindness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let us reflect on those lovely words and that lovely picture of our loving Saviour. I am the Good Shepherd. And we must remember that we are his hands, his feet, his heart, his eyes and his voice. So let us just bow our heads in prayer for a couple of minutes with a prayer of dedication. Lord Jesus, we give you our hands to do your work. We give you our feet to go your way. We give you our eyes to see as you do. We give you our tongues to speak your words. We give you our minds to think like you do. We give you our spirits that you may pray in us. But above all, we give you our hearts that you may love in us. And we give you our whole selves that you may grow in us. So that it is you, Lord Jesus, who lives and works and prays in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Let us pray for the church, for the world, and for all people according to their needs. In our cycle of prayer for today, we pray for the deacons serving in the diocese. Annabel Ellison, John Howard, Lucy McCowan, Lisa Morgan, Sue Northcott, Jim Page, Susan Waite, and Biddy Wigley. Abroad, we pray for Hong Kong, Shen Kung Hui. Also, we pray for Archbishop John and all the clergy in our ministry area and their families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good Shepherd, within your embrace, we are safe and secure. We know that we are precious in your sight. May we grow and be nurtured together as one flock, the people of your pasture, under your loving care and protection. Good Shepherd, within your embrace, may we find comfort and healing. We bring to you those who are weak or struggling with physical, mental or spiritual health. You are the great healer, and we pray for healing of mind, body and soul, for those we now name in silence in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Christian leaders, world leaders, and local community leaders. Give them wisdom to be good shepherds for their, to their flocks, be they local churches, a nation, or our village community. Good shepherd, within your embrace, may we find justice for those whose brave voices cry out for freedom and for those prepared to stand up to be heard without counting the cost. We pray for those who have been imprisoned or tortured for their race, colour, caste or faith. For all Christians who have taken up the cross and know its weight and pain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good Shepherd, we bring to you those orphaned, crippled or dispossessed by war, for refugees wandering this earth in search of a home, for all victims of strife and warfare, and all those who have dedicated their lives for the search of peace and reconciliation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give grace, Lord, to us, our families, friends and neighbours, may we serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. Comfort and heal all those suffering. At this time, we pray for COVID-19 COVID victims, those caring for them and researchers working to find cures and preventative medicines. We pray to for those who are in our thoughts. Grant us with them everlasting light and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you, Lord, our own needs and concerns. And in the communion of all saints, we commend ourselves and one another and all our life to you. 
the Good Shepherd. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you with us today. 
Remember that throughout the week we're always here for you, so if you have a need, whether spiritual or practical, then please do be in touch. Remember too that one of our wardens, Rob Samuel, is still coordinating a team of volunteer callers. So if you'd like a chat with somebody and you think you'd benefit from that, please do be in touch, even if it's something that you've never benefited from before. We'd absolutely love to hear from you and we'd love to put you in contact with someone. Throughout this week, Jeanette, who read for us this morning, is going to be distributing palm crosses to members of the church. We do have a small number available and if that's something that you would like, then please be in touch with us. Also, during this week, we're going to be making some craft packs for children available to help them celebrate Easter from the safety of their own homes. Just like we did at Christmas, uh, those are going to be available and if you'd like more details, then please go on to our website. The website address is at the bottom of the screen this morning. But as we begin a new week, I hope that you have a great and blessed week. Let me pray for God's blessing on us. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Lots of love and many blessings to you all throughout this week.